Welcome to Tice Talks, where we discuss faith and family. Today's special guest is my big brother, Pastor Matthew Tice. We recently had a Maximize Life Summit at our church, and he spoke on spiritual and mental health. And today, that's the subject that we are going to be talking about, spiritual health for your mental health. Thank you so much for being here in the studio today. I am so glad to have him here. And uh, we, I think, have got some very, very informative things uh, to share with you. Uh, we just, uh, before we recorded this, went through the Christmas break. And I know that sort of times this uh, recording. But uh, over that break, uh, my grandson, uh, Luke, uh, was had gotten for Christmas a hoverboard. It's the and only thing he asked for. Dad, please give me a hoverboard. Dad, please give me all I want. What do you want for Christmas? I want a hoverboard. I want a hoverboard. That's it. Yes. And and so then, we got him a hoverboard. So what happened? He cracked his head open. He cracked his head. Open. He was he uh, scared the daylights out of out of out of me and uh, his grandmother. And uh, they rushed him to the hospital. Uh, they they had to miss uh, our family get together because they were in the hospital and uh, uh, we were concerned about what was going on. He was riding his hoverboard without a helmet and me being a person who says kids don't need to wear helmets has now changed my tune and the hoverboard went underneath his feet and he landed on his head, fractured his skull and uh, had a little bit of brain bleed and uh, the wonderful people at the uh, doctor's office took care of us, were so kind, he didn't have to have surgery or anything. He's just not allowed to uh, do all the things that boys do for about three or four weeks until his his head heals. But it's given us new perspective. In fact, you told him that. Uh, yeah, he's I, got... he, came, he came up to me. I said, "Come here, man. I love you." I said, "What's going on?" He said, "I, I said you feeling okay?" He said, "Yeah." He said, "But I'm a crackhead, Grandpa." <laughs> so over Christmas, my son became a crackhead. Yeah. It's very disappointing. That's yeah, very, very interesting. Well. Well, listen, uh, I just thought I'd share that story as we're coming into a, uh, we're going to go into a session uh, that you taught here at our, our Maximize Life Conference and a tremendous, tremendous session, a session that oftentimes are um, a subject that oftentimes Christians don't want to discuss or feel like it's foreign uh, to the Christian um, way of thinking, mm. and that is uh spiritual and mental health. Uh, is there ever a time that a Christian should feel comfortable going to a uh, Christian psychologist or a, or counselor. a counselor, that type of thing? How do I identify whether this is a spiritual need or whether I'm going through some type of social disorder or mental uh, disorder? Yeah. So uh, <clears throat> I was a youth pastor here for 18 years, and over that time, uh, I graduated in 2000, and you see trends and different things take off in people's lives. And in those different things, you hear different words. Uh, here's a 13, 14-year-old kid who's dealing with depression, which is something that I never thought of before, or uh, the, the tension, the anxiety, or the social eating disorders, whether it's uh, anorexia or bulimia or even obesity, all of these different issues that compound themselves in our society. And we hear these different buzzwords, tension, anxiety, depression, mood, all these disorders. 
And uh, during our family life conference, we were tasked with trying to determine, is this a spiritual issue or are we dealing with mental health issues? Well, that's great. So how do we identify these things? We're, 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 uh, I can remember when I was in college, and that was 45 years ago, they said that if, if someone came to you and they were having anxiety, uh, that before you dealt with them um, on a spiritual basis, you should make sure they go down and get a physical exam mm. to make sure they're not chemically imbalanced yeah. and that type of thing. And uh, so, th- but my, my information on this is very limited. So tell us about it. In our society, when there's, there seems to be all sorts of mental chaos going on and, and mental breakdowns because of what's going on in our culture. Sure. Uh, how do you deal with those, with those kind of things? So I think it's first and foremost, and you alluded to it, neither one of us have medical degrees, neither one of us have gone through uh, specific training on psychology or mental disorders. We're both just pastors. But we do believe that the Word of God gives answers and clarity So we're not going to be somebody here who advocates from abstaining from a medical treatment or not listening to the advice of a doctor or taking prescriptions. No, if your doctor has told you to do something, do exactly what the doctor has told you to do. That's what our goal is. But there is a lot of things in our life that we need to assess and say that there is a spiritual complexity that is being... uh, involved with this. It's not just something that I can take a Tylenol, or it's not just something that I can take uh, dismiss, because there's a few principles that we need to look at. There's and, a, and if you ignore the spiritual realm, yes. then you've missed an entire aspect of who you are and how to deal with this, with these things. Yeah, that's really good. You can't ignore the spiritual and just give it all a causation of that which is physical. So can I give a couple of definitions for terms? Yes. Uh-huh. So we want to talk about common mental health issues. A uh, common mental health issues would be defined as, let's talk about anxiety. Anxiety being defined as a fear or nervousness about what might happen. Then there is, in according to the Cleveland Clinic, there's a number of different issues resting under this topic of mood. So bipolarism, substance abuse, depression, all fall into this idea of mood. The Cleveland Clinic describes mood as a mental health problem that primarily affects a person's emotional state, in which a person expresses long periods of extreme happiness, extreme sadness, or both. So we see anxiety, we see mood, and mood's very broad in depression, bipolar, substance abuse, and then we hear a term named psychotic. And sometimes in jest, we make terms like, oh, you're just being psychotic, but People deal with this psychosis or a psychotic nature that would include schizophrenia, uh, delusional. Uh, I know uh, a lot of delusional people. Yes. <laughs> a substance, abu- uh, substance abuse, which we uh, were even being light with about being a crackhead at the beginning. But yeah. there are people that deal with these uh, behaviors that mess them up and mess them up. These psychotic issues would be... Bl- Uh, defined by Merriam-Webster as a serious mental illness characterized by defective or lost contact with reality, often with hallucinations or delusions. Uh, They would also include things like uh, dementia, eating disorios, eating disorios. There's nothing wrong with eating these Oreos. uh, (laughs) 
If they're double stuffed, eat these Oreos. That's right. I like lemon, double stuffed lemons. Lemon? These Oreos that are lemon? That's right. (laughs) That's amazing. Okay. We were talking about eating disorders, phobias, et cetera. And forgive the light. I mean, we're just a dad and son talking through these things, and we do have some serious issues, but so forgive the the light candor as we talk through these things. Okay, so let's give a couple of concerning mental health issues. There's a couple principles that we need to realize. Number one, everyone has issues. Doesn't matter who you are, every single person is going to face an issue. That's the truth. It doesn't matter how spiritual you are, unspiritual you are. Uh, We all, since we deal with circumstances that are all around us, since we deal with different people, and we deal with different crises in a fallen world, that just makes sense that everybody's going to have issues. So everyone has issues, and it doesn't matter. We can dismiss these and say, oh, it's not that big of a deal. Oh, you're being dramatic. But God allows for us to have issues. In the book of 1 Samuel, sometimes we dismiss people and say, oh, you're not. You're Just suck it up. Get through this. The story of Hannah, she goes to the temple and she's praying, or she's going to the tabernacle. She's praying as she's praying. She's praying there. She's met by Eli. And what does Eli say about her? What does Eli say? Yes, as she's sitting there praying. He says, uh, are you drunk? Uh, he goes to her and says, are you drunk? What is the deal? And she says, oh, no, no, I'm not drunk. I'm not drunk. I'm, I have a heavy heart. Yeah. And the Bible says this. This is very interesting. The Bible says in 1 Samuel chapter 1, verse 11, that she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look upon the affliction of thine handmaid. Now, that word affliction is very interesting because what was the affliction that she was dealing with? She wasn't able to get pregnant. She has a barren womb. She has an adversary, Penina, who's, you know, teasing, jeering her. But she's dealing with uh, sticks and stones will break my bones, but words will never hurt me. Mm. But she goes to God and she uses this word affliction about the fact that she's not able to have babies and somebody's making fun of her. The word affliction is the exact same word that the children of Israel use in reference to being slaves in Egypt. Hmm, so that's interesting. There, it, here's this lady. She's barren. She has uh, somebody who's saying mean things to her, and she calls out to God and uses the word affliction. And notice what God doesn't say to her. That's it, not that bad. It, yeah, it's not that big of a deal. What's your problem? No, God listens to her prayer request and understands that for her, Her affliction is a big deal. What's her big deal? She's not able to have a baby. And it's on par, at least biblically, the word is on par, with somebody getting their back beaten by an Egyptian and having to make uh, bricks out of straw. So God cares about his kids. God cares about his kids and the affliction that they're going through. Every single person is dealing with something. So don't ever dismiss somebody. Don't say, suck it up. You know, you got to get over this. When, when somebody expresses hurt, when somebody expresses concern, there needs to be an understanding heart, an empathetic heart that's willing to be merciful and at least give attention to the tension that is present. Boy, that's really powerful. That's so, so good because, you know, when you're in ministry specifically, you deal with so many people and you, and you can become hardened mm-hmm. to circumstances that people face mm-hmm. and to, to be able to look at them and and realize God cares about them yes. and we're to express the same care for them as God does. For years, I would look at things like social disorders, this 
this PTSD type of thing. Just like, come on. But there was an event that happened in our city four or five years ago where there was a mass shooting and uh, down off of the Las Vegas Strip. And I had to deal with a number of different things in that evening, saw things I never want to see again, had to have conversations, never want to be involved with again. And I remember driving down by the Mandalay Bay downtown, and there was just this uneasiness inside of me. In fact, my heart started to race, and I felt this tension. And the Lord almost like... This is like a week or two later, right? It was like, yeah, a week, two weeks later, as I'm driving where these dozens of people had died and all of this carnage was going on. And I wasn't even there at the site, but I was thinking about all that was happening. And this uneasiness, this, can I use the word, anxiety started to grow with inside of me. And the Lord taught me something at that moment. The Lord taught me that you dismiss people's pain often without realizing that there is a very present real need. Wow. Until we come to the place that we recognize everybody has issues. So I'm not unique in my issues. It's not like I'm a weirdo or bozo because I have these issues. But I also have to realize everyone has issues because the Bible says we are all sinners. And so in this broken, messed up world, everyone's going to have issues from time to time. The second thing that we have to realize is that not only does everyone have issues, but I am responsible for my actions. So it doesn't matter what issue I have, whether I came from a fatherless situation, if I was born with some type of mental disorder, uh, some type of uh, mental illness, or whether I was born without an arm. It doesn't matter who I am. When I stand before God, I will not be able to blame God. I will not be able to cast blame to any other person. I accept full responsibility for my issues. 2 Corinthians 5.10 says, For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that which he hath done, whether it be good or bad. One of the issues that we face with discerning mental illness versus spiritual health is understanding that regardless of the situation, regardless of my past, regardless of my present, if I've gone through trauma or if I've lived a normal healthy experience, I am responsible before God for my actions. I cannot use my handicap, whatever it is. I cannot use my illnesses. I cannot use my trauma as an excuse for wrong behavior. I must, through the grace and power and strength of Almighty God, overcome these things. If I fail to do so, there's no one to blame when I stand before God accountable for my actions, and I will receive for the things done in my body according to that which we have done, whether it be good or whether it be bad. The Bible says in Romans 14, 12, so then every one of us shall give an account of himself to God. Doesn't matter who you are. Doesn't matter what your background is. Doesn't matter what disorder, dysfunction, handicap, we all will give an account of ourselves before God. Man, that's good. Somebody said to me years ago, it doesn't matter what happened to you. You need to understand you're not responsible for what somebody else does, but you're 100% responsible for your response. Yes. And that's true. That's I mean, so good. Uh, whatever, however I respond to my circumstances, my birth circumstances, my life circumstances, I'm 100% responsible for my response. The third thing to remember is that God knows all the issues. So God is not unaware. He is not un, uh, uh, unempathetic. He is 
deeply concerned with all of our issues. The Bible says in Jeremiah 16, 7, that for my eyes are on all their ways. They are not hidden from my face, neither is their iniquity concealed from mine eyes. Even the iniquity that may have been purposed upon us, even the, the trauma that may have been forced upon us, the Bible tells us that that iniquity is not concealed from God. God sees everything. God knows everything because God knows he's God. And the Bible tells us this in Psalm 116.6. So even if I, something happened to me in innocence, even if a disorder is uh, thrust upon me because of the nefarious deeds of someone else, the Bible says in Psalm 116.6 that the Lord preserveth the simple. So somebody who has something happened to them in innocence or somebody is going through some difficult things, the Bible tells us that the Lord has a way of protecting, preserving the simple. I was brought low, the Bible says, and he helped me. What we see there is that I do not have to be a recluse suffering from a handicap my entire life. In fact, if there is a disorder, if there is a problem, if there is a handicap, that gives greater opportunity for God to infuse himself rather than looking at my great strengths and saying, look at what God's done or look how great I am. I'm able to take the strength of God where my deficiency is and come out ahead because the Lord preserved the simple and he helps those who are weak. Wow. Two people come to my mind when I when I think about that. I think of David Ring, who was born with cerebral palsy, mm. but overcame that and used, <clears throat> used that for the glory of God. And yeah. his, he was used tremendously and still is being used. Preached to millions of people. Yes. In a handicapped state physically. That's exactly right. And then and then I think of Corey Tin Boone, mm. who could say, who could have said, "I'm bitter at God. Uh, he allowed me to go to a concentration camp. He allowed my sister to die in a concentration yeah. camp. But God used her story to proclaim His goodness to millions of people uh, because of her willingness to say, "Okay, God, I'm yours, and I realize you're in control." One hundred percent. So here's a couple of comforting mental health issues. Uh, some comforting issues concerning mental health. Number one, we understand that God holds everybody. God holds us. In Isaiah 46, 4, this is a beautiful verse. And I, even to your old age, am he. So it doesn't matter how, well, they're getting really old. Even to your old age, God says, I am he. I feel so good about that. <laughs> I'm comforted. He says, to your whore hairs will I carry you when you're white-haired. I have made, and I will bear, even I will carry, and I will deliver you. So it doesn't matter. God carries his people. Number two, God helps his people. The Bible says, What know you not that your body is the temple of Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you're not your own? You belong to God. You're not yours. And you're a prized possession, so prized that he spent the best he had so you can have a relationship with you. Number three, God heals. This is beautiful to me because this is where the, the essence of God's nature is demonstrated. The Bible says in Galatians 5.22 that the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith. The Bible teaches us this, that if I understand that God's there, he's in control of all things. Number two, he's here to help me. So if I have feelings of anxiety... If I have feelings of depression, if I have feelings of 
uh, stress, tension, mood disorders. Notice what the Bible tells us. When I yield myself to the Spirit of God, well, I'm just so lonely. Look what the Bible says. The fruit of the Spirit is love. Oh, when I yield myself to the Holy Spirit, and rather than going into a state of loneliness and isolation, the Bible tells us that the fruit of the Spirit is love. What does the Holy Spirit do for a person who's lonely? He starts to demonstrate, oh, I care for you. I love you. I'm with you. But then he will also start putting into their life an action. An action like, for he that must, if he, a man's to have friends, he must show himself friendly. Oh, if you are isolated, if you're lonely, God tells us, serve. <laughs> Go out and do something. Do something. The, so, well, I'm depressed. I'm depressed. The Bible tells us that not only is the fruit of the Spirit love, but it is joy. It is not a healthy place, and it is not a normal place for a Christian to live in long periods of depression. Did Christians go through depression? Yes. If you read 2 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul the Apostle talks about how his sorrows were even close unto death. And I believe that that's not only just speaking to a, a physical state, but he's talking about his mental state of mind. Yeah. I was. I, it would have been probably better for me to die than to go through what I went through. He says in second, so here's a Christian, maybe the most noble Christian of the New Testament, arguably, but he went through bouts of depression. But notice that's not the stay nine. That's not the level that we live at. We live at a place of joy because the joy of the Lord is our strength. So when I yield myself to the Holy Spirit, I can be surrounded by my circumstances and it might be depressing. It could be a place of loneliness, but the fruit of the Spirit is love. The fruit of the Spirit is joy. Well, I just have all this anxiety and tension. I have the stress inside of my life. The Bible tells us that he gives peace. The Holy Spirit of God brings peace and he heals us in such a way to where although a hundred different things can be going on when I yield myself to the Holy Spirit, he gives me peace. That's what Jesus did on the water one day. The waves and the sea was crashing all around. There was a huge tumult. And what does the Holy Spirit of God do? Through Jesus Christ, he says, peace be still. And in the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus Christ calms the wind and the waves and the sea and brings peace. So regardless of what a person's going through, they can have the healing hand of God. Either this thing about spirituality and knowing God is fake and uh, just some stories that we tell ourselves, or else there is true healing that comes through uh, these type of mental issues. I think what happens is as we surrender to God and he puts within us that fruit of love, yeah. that we begin, to, we, we begin to stop thinking about ourselves. We start thinking about how I can love others. Mm. Because as I'm, as I'm caring, as the spirit of God's controlling me, I'm starting to care about other people. If I'm going through this, I wonder what they're going through. Mm. If I'm going through this and, and, I'm, and I'm close to God, what about my neighbors? What about oh. my friends? And then I'm going to have that joy when I go out like you said, love produces action in my life. The spirit produces action in my life. I go out and I start loving people by doing things for them. Yeah. I can remember when the pandemic started and we met together and we thought, what are we going to do? This could, this could close down the church. I mean, we were broke. And we said, let's just start thinking about what we can do for other people. And we started taking baskets of food to people and we started helping people. And it got our minds totally off of, survival and on ministering to other people yes and it changed everything yes it changed everything mm -hmm. so we went through the same pandemic that everybody else did but we went through serving people and 
wound up in victory and others were just waiting to be served. We, yeah. It's so important that we take that. That is so, so good. So God helps, God heals uh, through us surrendering to the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the great comforter, but we don't want to just be comforted in our own problems. We want to conquer it. So, so, so that we can experience true peace of mind. So how do we learn to conquer mental health issues? So I how think do we, there, there's how do we do that? There's a five-step process if I'm going to conquer these mental health that might be spiritual issues. Again, we're not doctors. So if you've been prescribed this or been diagnosed with this, not doctors. But we do realize that we do believe that God has the ability to heal folks. And we do believe that God has given his word as a roadmap. So here's five steps. Number one, confess sin. Well, I've been depressed. Confess it as sin. I, well, I've been lonely. Just you know, I have no friend. Confess it as sin. Well, I, I have this anxiety. I have this tension. Confess it as sin. Now, you say, well, I don't, I don't want to confess it as sin. Just realize every person's going to stand before God for their own actions. So with a good conscience before God, am I doing right by you, God, or is this something that I've allowed to take a foothold? Number two, ask the Holy Spirit to fill you. Number three, obey the scriptures. Is there places in your life where you are not living in accordance with the word of God? Because the Holy Spirit will reveal that to you if you allow him to. Number four, you're going to fail sometimes. One of my favorite verses in the book of Proverbs that says, a righteous man falleth down six times and then what? Gets back up yes. a seventh time. Yeah. The best person you know messes up six or seven times and they just have to get back up. It's failures that allow their failure to determine or write their story. And then step number five, repeat the system. <laughs> Confess sin, ask the Spirit, obey the Scriptures, fail sometimes, and then step five, repeat the system. I believe that there is great help for the believer in these uh, disparaging times, these times of difficulty, anxiety, depression, um, and loneliness. How do I deal with it? I understand that the Holy Spirit of God will give me an action, but I must confess my sin and yield to his work. You know, I, as I listen to that and you say, you say sometimes people don't want to confess their sin. That is, that's so true. I, I can remember recently I was preaching on prayer. And one of the things when I'm talking about prayer, I say, listen, what God wants us to do in our life when we have our prayer time is to speak out loud, pray out loud. And, uh, guy said, uh, the guy came up afterwards to one of our deacons and said, he said, we have to pray out loud. I don't pray out loud. I never pray out loud. I never, I never pray out loud. I just don't think that you need to pray out loud. And then the deacon said to him, well, do you get your prayers answered? And he said, well, no. He said, well, maybe you should try praying out loud. You know, and I, th I thought about that when you said we need to confess our sin. People don't like to confess our sin. Look, um, don't knock this until you've tried this. Sure. The fact of the matter is, uh, we all, as you said, and I love the fact that you said, look, there are mental issues and there are, there are physical issues and there are issues that we deal with and everybody faces those issues. And sometimes we actually need to get some clinical help, but there is so much that can be taken care of just through confession mm. and asking God to control yeah. you. So, so thank you so much for that and obeying the scriptures. Uh, realizing that we all fall down, man, that is so simple 
And yet it's so profound, and I appreciate you taking time to share that with us. This has been a great, great conversation, and I'm glad that you tuned in to Tice Talks. I hope you'll tune in next time. But until then, remember this is Tice Talks, and it's more than a conversation.